If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. If you read the little heading above it, it says a call to persevere, a call to be the church, a call to continue on and to carry on what God has started in their hearts. This is a uh, a writing to the church here. And I want to encourage you this morning. God has called us to be the church. And for centuries now, the church has been carrying on, and God calls the people before me, the, the generations before us, to be the church, and God is calling us to be the church. And if we ever stop being the church, then we failed. Of all the things that God has called us to do, He has called us to continue His message. He's called us to continue it in our homes, and He has called us to continue it in our community. And I think sometimes we get into this and we try to make it what we want it to be. And sometimes we forget what God wants it to be. And God speaks very specifically about what he says the church should be and what he says worship is. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. I want us all to stand and uh, we're going to read together here out of Hebrews chapter 10 beginning with verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. This is He's talking about what worship looks like here. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. He says two things. He says, come before me with a sincere heart, and there's some more things in there. But there's another one other thing. He says, spur each other on. It's about a sincere heart, and it's about others. And that's what he says worship's about. And so we're going to talk about that today. Let's pray. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would just help us to set aside. Father, help me to set aside any ideas that I have about what it is to worship you. And help me to hear what you say is the most important things. And so, Father, I pray today that you would just speak into the heart of your church today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're created to worship. God created us with this desire to give ourselves to something. And everybody gives themselves to something. And it's one thing or the other. You can give yourself to God. You can give yourself wholly to God. Or you can give yourself to any number of other things. People collect things. People give themselves completely to their work. They give themselves to accumulating things. People give themselves to hobbies. They fish. They hunt. They have sports. People give themselves completely to school. Uh, Some people give themselves completely to laying around and watching TV all day. And I don't know how they do that, but they do that. Uh, You are going to worship something. You're either going to worship God or you're going to worship something of your own creation or something that gives you fulfillment. Uh, kids 
Uh, every time that we have disciple group, and, and uh, at some time during the year, I'll ask him, I say, what are, what are some things that you give yourself to? And inevitably, there will be some kids that say, I spend way too much time playing video games. They get addicted to those things, and they worship them. And you say, oh, no, they're not worshiping them. You can worship anything. doesn't matter what it is. You can worship anything. And so we have to watch how we do that. Uh, people, kids... And even adults worship uh, their phones and social media. I've watched, I've watched on TV where they will they'll walk in and like do an intervention with someone and they'll take their phone away and they absolutely have a meltdown. If anybody wants to take my phone away, you can take it as long as I never get it back. I mean, no, I'm just joking. I, but I just, it's not, that's not my thing. But there are some people that worship that and... Uh, uh, if you, we watched last night, Cindy and I were at the at the camper watching TV, and it was all college football. And I've been listening to different ads that are. I think this was the, I think this was the first weekend of college. It shows what I know about college football. But uh, there's some people. There's I've heard pastors in the South say that. If you're in the South, and at Luke's church, where Luke used to pastor, where my daughter is now, they're in Razorback country down there, and it's pretty close to where they're at. And and they just and Luke says on Sunday, he said, or on Saturday, he said, they just, they just absolutely, that's all they can talk about. And he said, and then on Sunday, all they talk about at church is what happened on the game the day before. And so there's this worship of sports, and it can be collegiate sports, or it can be football, or whatever, or professional football, or whatever it is, but we are going to worship something. And God in His Word writes out and shows us what worship is. And I think this morning, if you'll listen, and if you'll open up your heart, I think maybe we're going to find out that it might be a little bit different than what we even think. And so there's three aspects of what true worship is. The first one is heart intent. And my wife changed the bulletin around a little bit this week. And sometimes I think people, uh, I had one, I had one lady this morning and she's probably the only person in the whole place that said, I like to take notes. And she said, this is a really good idea. Did you come up with this? And I almost said yes, but I knew she would know that it wasn't my idea. But in your bulletin, there's a little place. If you want to write some notes, you can write notes down. There's three things that are part of worship. The heart intent the heart intent. Worship has to begin in my heart. And if you go in here in this, in this uh, reading here in Hebrews, it talks about you have to come with a sincere heart. Uh, I, I started off and I was going to uh, use uh, a scripture out of Isaiah this week. And, and I started off and I told Cindy, I said, this is the scripture I'm going to use. And she said, my goodness, Brian, have you read that? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to preach out of it. And she said, that is a real downer. And I was like, well, you know, I probably it, it, it was because it was telling the church all that was wrong with it. And so I decided I don't want to I don't want to just be this, you know, this is what's wrong with you because I don't feel like that's where we are. But he was telling the church what was wrong with what they were doing. But when he gets to the end, he tells you what you need to do. And so I thought this scripture was a little, the one in Hebrews was a little more encouraging here. But if you if you get a chance, I'd encourage you to read Isaiah chapter one. Because it goes to him and it says, this is what you're doing wrong. And it's not, I don't think that this is what we're doing wrong, but it says, this is not what worship is. 
This is not what it is. And I think sometimes we look and we have in our mind that Sunday morning, this is what worship, this is, what worship is. This is worship. We come together, we sing our songs, we have Sunday school, we have a time of preaching, we bring the offering, and that's what worship is. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me that here when God is speaking to his people about what worship is, none of this is mentioned. None of this is mentioned at all. In fact, he says, this, this is what you're getting wrong. And so it doesn't mean, I don't, and I don't want you to go home and say, well, church is a waste of time and God doesn't. That's not what I want to tell you this morning because this is not a waste of time. Hebrews says we need to come together. Don't, don't put this aside. But God says that's not the biggest and best part of worship. And so he goes down through there and he goes, this is, he goes, your heart's all wrong. He says, you're going through the motions. And he's talking to all the Israelite people. And he says, you're going through the motions and you're doing what you think worship is. You're doing what your mom and dad did. You're doing what your mom and dad's mom and dad did. You're doing what's been passed down and you're doing it. You're doing the things, but your heart is all messed up. Your heart's not right. You're just doing it because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're coming to church, but that's not what worship is. If you go to verse 11, he goes through all these things and he says, you've given me, he said, you bring me all these sacrifices. You bring me all these gifts. You go through all of these ritual. And he literally says, it sickens me. You're like, what? God says, your worship sickens me because you're just going through the motions. He says, you're just, you're just coming and you're, and you're doing what, what everybody has done before you and it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. It's just an act. It's just, it's just something that you do. It's not from your heart. And he says, your heart intent is wrong. And he says, you're wasting my time. I don't even want to look at you. Literally, he says, I don't even want to look at you. Well, that's not going to be very good worship if God doesn't even want to look at you. Would it be? That would be awful. And so he starts in verse 16, and he says, this is what, and this is the first chapter of Isaiah now, he starts in, in verse 16, and he says, this is what worship is. And the first thing he says is stop doing wrong. Do what I want you to do. He said, if you really want to worship, your heart has to be right, stop doing wrong. And then he goes into verse 17, and he lifts four other things. Seek justice encourage the oppressed, defend the fatherless, and plead the case of the widows. And then he goes back in verse 19 and says, be obedient. Stop doing wrong, take care of others, and be obedient. And that's what he says worship is. He says, this is what I want. This is what you're doing, and it sickens me. This is what I want. And I think it's interesting that two things mentioned in there or be, stop doing wrong and be obedient. Two things are things that I can do, that I control within myself. And four things are about serving others. God says true worship, the worship he wants, he wants the intent of our heart to be, I'm going to obey God, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to serve others. That's what he says I want in worship. And too often, I think, in the culture we live in, in the culture that I've seen in the church, is that we make worship about us. It becomes one more thing that we do that I like. 
When we talk about worship, what do we, I mean, when we talk about worship, let's just, hey, folks, if we are not honest, we're not going to ever learn anything. But when we talk about worship, what is it? It's the songs. It's the songs. Do we have good praise and worship? Do we have good praise and music? Does a church have good worship? That's what they talk And when they talk about, does a church have good worship, what are they talking about? Do they got a good praise band? Do they sing the songs that I like to sing? Do they sing good? Do they sing off key or whatever it is? If you talk and people and inevitably they say, well, that church has really good praise and worship. Is that what God's talking about here? God does not mention anything about whether they've got a bass guitar or electric guitar or an organ or a piano or whatever it is or whether they can sing a lick. That's not what God says worship is. Do we need that? Absolutely. We just had a great, wonderful time of worship. And that's part of what we do. But God says that's not all of it. In fact, he doesn't even speak about it when he's talking about what true worship is. Does it help? Yes. Does it encourage us as the body? Absolutely. Is it something we need to do? Absolutely. But God says that's not the heart of what worship is. And God talks about worship. He doesn't talk about music styles. And he, I, I heard, I was talking to a lady this week, and, and, uh, or Cindy was, and someone sent her a, a video of a song that was sung at some other church, and they had lasers and smoke and lights and, and a dancing dog. And no, they didn't have that. But they just they had all this stuff. And I was sitting there thinking, I wish I had that stuff. No, I wasn't. But I mean, it was all there. And I'm not saying there's anything against, I'm not saying anything against that. But when we address people about worship, it has to be, what is our heart intent? God says it's our heart intent. It's our heart condition. I'm just being really honest. I don't think God cares what songs we sing. I don't think he's listening going, oh, this is my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love this one. Turn that one up, Jesus. I love that one. And he doesn't go to... He doesn't go, I think it's just all the same to him. But I think if our heart's wrong, he says it sickens me. If our heart is wrong when we're singing, it don't matter what, it could be God's favorite song. Maybe he's got a favorite one. I don't know what it is. But maybe he's got a favorite one. But if the heart of the church is wrong, he says it sickens me. It sickens me. It's not about what we do. Here, it's not, and he, you know, and I include myself in this. He doesn't say one thing about the preaching. He doesn't say, well, you know, this is what worship is. You got to have a good worship band and a good preacher. He doesn't mention me at all. He says, it's your heart. It's us. It's my heart. It's my heart and my intent, and am I going to be obedient? He says those two things is, are you going to quit doing wrong, start doing right, and four other things, and all of them are about others. It doesn't say anything about the preacher. It doesn't say anything about the worship. Are both things important? Boy, I hope so, because I need a job, and I think this is what God's called me to, and I think this is what God calls us to. But he cares about our heart more than anything. And I think he cares more about our heart than he cares about our voices. And when God says worship, 
He doesn't say that it's tied to my ability to sing. It's not tied to my ability to preach. It's not not tied to my ability to play an instrument. It is in my obedience to him and my heart. And if I and here's the deal, and he says it's how you it's it's am I, am I going to quit doing wrong? Am I going to be obedient? Am I going to treat others right? Now I want you to think about this. If on Monday, if after I leave here on Sunday, on Monday I don't listen to one thing God tells me to do, and I treat everybody around me like a dog, and I and I act like everybody's me, I'm mean to everybody, and I don't tip my waitresses, and I'm mean to them, and I'm mean to the people that I'm in line with at the at the at the gas station or wherever I'm at, and I've just been mean all week and mean to my wife and kicked my dog and kicked the cat. Oh, that's all right. But kick, no one kicked the dog. And I'm just mean all week and mean to everybody. And then I walk in on Sunday morning. I could sing of your love forever. God's going to go, what? I watched you all week long. I saw you kick that dog. Brian, I saw it. How are we going to worship on Sunday morning if we've lived like the devil all week long? You know what he says about that? He says, it sickens me. Do you know that what happens here on Sunday has everything to do with how I lived last week? It has everything to do with it. He says it's got everything to do with it. It's my heart. How have I treated others? If I've treated, if I've treated Cindy like a dog all week, and, 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 and I don't talk to her, and I don't speak to her, and everything I say to her is just, bleh, bleh, bleh. and then on Sunday, she wakes up and I say, hey, baby, how are you? She's going to go, what? She's going to go, uh-uh. <laughs> You're not going to not talk to me all week. You're not going to treat me like that all week and then come up, hey, baby, on Sunday morning. Mm-mm. We're all that way. How in the world do we think we're going to be able to show up here on Sunday morning when we haven't lived for God all week and then, we're th- and then we think he's going to accept that? I'm not making this up, folks. This is not my... I want you to know, this is not my opinion. This is what God says. He goes, I don't even want to look at you. If you're going to be that way, I don't even want to look at you. Your heart has got to be right if you're going to come to me. And they were worshiping, and God's, uh, and if you're in here in Isaiah, and they're coming and worshiping, and God's going, this is sickening to me. Boy, wouldn't you like to be at that church service? Wouldn't that be fun? Everybody's coming in, they're bringing their, I'm bringing my sacrifice, because that's what I have to do. I really hate to give this sheep, because it was my best one, but I'm giving it. And God's like, he goes, you know what I really like? I really don't care about your sheep. He goes, I've had it, really, what he says is, I've had it up to here with your sacrifice. I would really just like for you to love me. I would really just like for you to obey what I say because I don't know, I'm God. And I'd really like for you to love others. That's all I want. I've had sheep up to here. I want you to be what I've called you to be. And that's what he's telling us. That's what he's telling us, folks. That's what he says worship is. Your heart intent has to be right. The second thing he wants, the second thing he wants is unashamed worshipers. 
unashamed worshipers. He wants people who live for him all week. Now, I think sometimes we think an unashamed worshiper is someone who puts their hands up in the air and and is not ashamed to have their hands up in the air, not ashamed to say amen while they preach or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. Those are are fine. Those are great, and, and that's fine. But he's talking about someone who's unashamed all week long. If you go to the book of Daniel in in chapter 6, verse 10, the king comes up with this plan, and he says, you can't pray to anybody but me. And so Daniel goes home, closes all the doors, gets in a real quiet place, and he faces Jerusalem, and he goes, dear God, please help me. I I just don't know what I'm going to do right now. because That's not what he does. The word says that Daniel went to his house, opened up the windows, facing Jerusalem like he did three times a day, every day of the week. And he said, God, you're going to have to help me because I'm just going to pray to you. Daniel was an unashamed worshiper. Daniel was not a Sunday worshiper. Daniel was a Jew and he wasn't just a Saturday. He didn't even have, you have to understand, Daniel is in exile. He don't have a church. He don't have a praise band. He ain't got a preacher. He ain't got a synagogue to go to. He don't have anything that he needs as a Jew to worship. And so he goes, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to open up my windows and I'm going to face Jerusalem. And three times a day, I'm going to be an unashamed worshiper. And I don't care if I get thrown in the lion's den. That's what God wants. He wants the intent of our heart to be right. And then he wants us to worship every day of the week in everything we do. Daniel's regular day was I'm worshiping God. I'm praying three times a day and I'm not just praying three times a day. I'm living it out around everybody that sees me. Why did they come up with this rule? Because they said, Daniel lives this way all the time. I'm sick and tired of Daniel living a Christian life. He was worshiping all the time. Everything he did, God touched and was doing, and the people got sick of it. They said, the only way we're ever going to get rid of him is if it has to do something with his religion because he's going to live that no matter what. You know why? Because he was an unashamed worshiper. And that's what God wants us to be. God wants us to be someone that, that, that if everybody watched us, they'd say, he's going to follow God no matter what. He's going to do what God wants him to do no matter what. God calls us to be unashamed worshipers and he he does i got through all that god calls us to be uh to be this all the time no matter what happens here no matter what happens out there we are called to be worshipers all the time i got to figuring it up this week how much time we spend in here worshiping And there's 11,000 minutes in a week, around 11,000 minutes in a week. And if you were here on Sunday morning, we spend between 30 and 40 minutes doing praise and worship and things like that. It comes up to four one-hundredths of a percent of your time of your week is spent here during worship. 
Four one-hundredths of a percent of your week is spent here. That's not much. And God says, that is not enough. If that's all the worship you're doing, brother, you're in trouble. Sister, you're in trouble. God says, this is just to come along each side. He says, come along each side and encourage each other, spur each other on. That's what we do. That's what we do here. And then worship happens out there. Your kids ought to be able to watch your life and your worship. God's helping us with this, kids. God's helping. God provided this for us here. God's doing this for us here. God's working for us in here. And they ought to be able to see you reaching out to people and doing that. That's worship. This, it's worship, but it's coming together, encouraging each other, spurring each other on, and then we go worship some more. And he calls us to worship every day, all the time, unashamed, all week long. The third thing is, he calls us to worship together. Paul's in prison, and he's writing to the Colossian church, and he tells them they've got a worship problem. He said, you've taken your mind off God and started doing things for yourselves. And Paul starts listing all these things that they've done for themselves, and he says, you've got a worship He said, your worship problem is you're thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about others. The intent of my heart, I'm an unashamed worshiper, and I serve others. That's what worship is. See, if I, if I quit thinking about myself, and I start worshiping, not worshiping others, serving others, that's what God has called me to do. And here in this, in this scripture here, in 1025 of, of Hebrews, it says that we are called to worship together, that we're called to encourage one another. True worship according to Isaiah and the Hebrew writer is that we serve others. I started thinking about this this week. How often do we look and see where we can serve others? What would happen in our community? Think about this. I mean, and I I understand we get to going and we go through school and we go through work and we are just, we just trying, I think lots of times we're just in survival mode. It's a shame. I think lots of times we're just trying to get through the next day. And God has called us to, as we are going through our daily work, to somehow seek and look for a place where we can serve others because he says that is worship to me. When you look and see if there's someone you can help, that's worship. When you put aside what you want to do, that's worship. And so Paul and Isaiah both said, set aside yourself, obey God, and serve others. That's that's what true worship is. That's the message in the Old Testament. And you start looking at it, it's a message in the New Testament. Moses was obedient to God. He served others. Daniel was obedient to God. He served others. Paul was obedient to God, and he served others. Those, it doesn't talk about them doing anything else. It doesn't talk about, Paul doesn't write to churches and say, man, we had a great song service this morning. That was a great time. He doesn't write about that. Is it important? Absolutely. But he said the way you live every day, all day long is worship. That's what worship is. Jesus, our perfect example, is obedient to God. He serves others. The intent of our heart has to point to God. 
Our unashamed worship has to point to God. Our service to others has to point to God. You know who's not mentioned in worship? Me. I. I obey Him. I obey God. And I serve others. That's the only, that's the only thing there is. I don't get to do what I want to do. I am obedient to God and I serve others. Paul says that true worship does away with me. Isaiah mentions only God and others. Me has to be done away with. Real worship has nothing to do with me. If me is gone, then I have plenty of time to concentrate on God and concentrate on others. True worship has very little to do with me. Real worship is obedience to God and an authentic life lived out daily, daily, daily in front of others. Living obedient to God and serving others every day. Not just on Sunday. Not just during praise time. Is worship time important? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is this time together important? Absolutely. But it is not... It's just a small slice of what God says worship is. He says worship... Real, authentic worship happens out there to where it's seen by others and is serving others every day. How we live during the week. Listen to me, church. I want to challenge you this week. Live obedient and authentic to God and seek out ways that you can serve others. And then come back next Sunday and tell me what kind of worship you've had. It'll make all the difference in the world. You'll be ready. If you live your life and you say yes to God all week long and you look for ways to serve others, I guarantee you it will change the way you look at worship next Sunday and it's going to help everybody here. What if, our, what, if our everybody, what if everybody here said yes to God in everything all week long and served others all week? We'd have stories running out our ears of what God had done. And, what pe- and, and people would be coming in and saying, you know what one of your parishioners did for me this week? I didn't even know the dude. He helped me with something or another. That's what God's talking about. That would be great stories, wouldn't it? God worked through you this week, and, and it would change everything that we do. And I want us to encourage us to worship together. Worship all week. Obey God and serve others. Worship God with your life all the time. Let's stand. Father, this morning, your word is to the church. And Father, sometimes we get an idea of what worship is. And Father, I know in my own heart, sometimes it's just what I want it to be. But you have said it is our heart's intent and that we be unashamed, and that we serve others. And Father, today I pray that you would just uh, speak these things into our lives. Help us to hear them. And Father, help us not to just be hearers of the Word, but help us to be doers of the Word as well. We love you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.